Hello, podcast listeners. This week we speak with the multi-talented Cheryl Coolcroft and Lori Fagan about creative processes, multitasking, and how to find your organizational flow. I'm Kyle Elliott, and you're listening to the Curious Kirby Podcast. Come inside, yeah, I got a sweet suspicion. Welcome back to the Curious Kirby Podcast. We invited Lori Fagan and Cheryl Cocroft to come and talk to us today. And I want to, first of all, ask Lori, please introduce yourself. Let's see. We're a little bit done on time here today, right? So I won't go on forever, but hey, everyone, I'm Lori Fagan. Um, so back in the 32nd elevator pitch days, I would say I paint with fabric and words. So I have been uh, a writer for many years. Uh, broadcast journalist, radio, television, print. And then I I have more recently got into writing crime fiction novels. Uh, but I also paint with fiber. And so I've been a fiber artist for a number of years doing art quilts primarily. So uh, wall quilts uh, of my own design and with fabrics and yarns and, and all different types of surface design. And along the way, because I was looking for more surface design for my art quilts, I fell into polymer clay and making three-dimensional things to put onto polymer or onto quilts. And then that also became uh, jewelry. So I make uh, polymer clay jewelry. I work in metal clay as well. Um, I do some wearable art too. And then let's see what else. I'm an actor and a writer of stage plays. And I've performed uh, in stage plays the last couple of years uh, in original pieces that I have uh, written. And I have a short attention span. So I just like to do a lot of different things. And that's why I have all these different things that I like to do. How's that? I know you also sing. I have been a jazz singer. I've been a singer also since, you know, fifth grade and chorus and all that. And then uh, uh, I was doing most, mostly, uh, do, did a lot of stage productions here in, in the Phoenix area. Uh, musicals primarily, so singing and dancing in those. Uh, took a little break when my son was born. And then when he was about 12 years old and he started playing all these old classic jazz standards from the 30s on his guitar. And I said, oh, I know those songs. Oh, let's see if I still have a voice. And so I you know, did some uh, uh, rehearsing and, and uh, started singing classic jazz song. I did that for about, I've been doing that about dozen, 12, 13 years or so, and just do it sporadically now. But, uh, and that was restaurants and bars and just for whoever would pay us to, you know, come in and sing for two or three hours, uh, me and a, and a piano player. And so that, that's been great fun as well. So I don't do that as much, but just now and then, that's a lot of fun to do. I remember one of the first times that I met you though, was at the Gallery del Pedregal and you had some of your polymer clay jewelry and you sang at one of our openings. That's right. Uh, they asked me if, because uh, they always have some kind of entertainment there. So I uh, said, sure, I can, I'm a one woman band when needed. So I can bring my sound equipment and my iPad with all my backup tracks on it. That was great fun. Yeah, it was great. Cheryl, please t- introduce yourself. Tell us about all of your different endeavors. Hello, everyone. I'm Cheryl Cocroft. I'm currently a writer. My um, two books, Spoken Words and Twice Dead, Books one and two in my Twisted Tales from Luna's Attic series. I'm currently working on book three, Weeping Creek, which is loosely based on Cave Creek, a little town in Arizona where I live. They always say write about what you know, so I feel like I gather a lot of my 
inspiration from my everyday interactions and uh, I'm also a keen photographer, um, mainly landscapes, especially clouds and sunsets. Around Arizona, we have so much uh, nature and wildlife to choose from. I often use a lot of my photographic material as a stimulus and reminder when I'm writing. I tend to write in detail a lot. I like to listen to a lot of music, mainly contemporary. My main focus is on the lyrics. I find lyrics often quite inspiring. But in a previous life, before I moved to the US, I used to work in finance. I was head of finance at uh, London University in charge of a large department of diverse people. I was used to working under a lot of tight deadlines, stress, pressure. I also used to work for the Institute for War and Peace Reporting. We used to train and support re uh, reporters in conflict zones, all the war zones around the world, which was a, a very diverse environment to work in. And some of our staff were literally in the front line. So I feel like I've had quite a diverse career so far. And at the moment, much to my surprise, writing is taking up most of my time. My English teacher would be absolutely astounded by. A little bit of right brain and left brain there. Yes. Now, I wanted to say that when you were talking about music and the lyrics, that really plays heavily in your writing as well, doesn't it, in your books? It does, yes. Yes. I'm completely toned deaf, so I'm incapable of singing myself. I have this condition called amusia. I've got no musical memory. So I tend to listen to the same things over again because I don't remember listening to them. But I do remember the lyrics. That is interesting. I don't know that I've heard of anybody having that before, but it's- Don't know that I have either. That's very, that's Yeah, wild. that's why you have people like Laurie, you write that you can write the lyrics and Laurie can yeah. sing it for you. All right, so today's topic is multitasking and basically, you know, a little bit of using both sides of your brain, but also, time management for multitasking and, and is multitasking real or is it more that we just switch between tasks quickly? So in addition to our fantastic guests, Lori and Cheryl, Heidi and Kyle both multitask as well. Heidi, why don't you talk about the things that you do? Oh, <laughs> at any given moment, it may be a little bit of anything. <laughs> I struggle like most artists with that um, pull to a lot of mediums. And so I have woodworking and, you know, sewing and jewelry making and painting. Um, so a lot of times it's just time management and feeling like that I need to schedule bits of time. I also play piano and guitar. So lately, those have been my focuses just as unwinding time, 15 minutes a day. And I have, uh, I use religiously, I'm a planner person. Paper planning is still one of those old fashioned things that just helps me keep track of my day and like realize where I'm leaching time. I sell crystals on Etsy, I sell vintage clothes on eBay, and I sell a bunch of other things randomly on other apps. So uh, keeping track of my time has been vital. Kyle, what are some of the things that you do? Like Heidi, I, I have to keep track of my time. I'm juggling between being a parent, uh, being chief operations officer for Plessis Experts Network, writing business proposals, boarding uh, the local animal shelter and, and supporting Curious Kirby. I, I find myself stringing tasks together that make sense so that I can complete more than one thing kind of at a time, but, but really it is efficiency building so that switching between tasks is, is fast. And, um, and, and there's not a lot of downtime between those tasks. Uh, like Heidi mentioned, you really can 
lose time if you don't pay attention to it. So time tracking uh, either formally or informally helped me to kind of juggle those different different responsibilities. Speaking of time tracking and kind of like the switching of gears, um, Laurie, how do you manage the time between what you're going to spend? Yeah. How do you juggle? For me, it's schedule, schedule, schedule. Mm -hmm. And I am, everything's electronic for me. It took me a while to move from paper, Heidi. (laughs) It took a couple of devices, but then once I got, you know, hooked in, it just, I've not gone back. And for me, if it's not on my calendar, it probably won't happen. It's just the way it is. Kind of am a slave to that calendar sometimes, but it's also my friend. I will schedule things, you know, uh, as simple as, you know, reoccurring Kirby creative meetings, you know, Monday mornings. That is recurring forever. It It doesn't end at this point. It's every Monday at eight forever. And so I have a lot of those walking or you know working out at noon protein bar i'm sorry it gets really crazy like that but sometimes i have to remind myself oh have i eaten today uh you know so because i get so involved in stuff everything has a schedule before pandemic i was pretty much writing monday through friday nine to one ish and i would get in i have a i'm an outliner so i knew what i was going to work on and i would write for three or four hours or five sometimes and then it was like, okay, done, moving on to the next thing. Pandemic, haven't been able to write so much. So I have been doing, you know, more art. And I started the new AZ Create show, which I forgot to mention that I'm also writing and producing television show. So, but that all has its calendar time as well. People think, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to make this piece of art? It's going to take forever. Well, you got to break it down into chunks. You got to say, okay, this is when it's due. And then you break it down from there. And the first one, it might be creating and designing in your head and coming up with the idea. The next one for me might be pulling fabrics and yarns and what am I going to you know, use with this? And then the next step might be, okay, I'm ready for the sewing machine now. What, how, what's this going to look like? I'm not so much of a sketcher, but I, I work a little more organically in that sense. Is and that so, all on the calendar? Do you calendar? Pretty much. Yeah, a lot of it does. Yeah. So a lot of it will be you know, back timing it from it needs to be entered for this show on this date. So it has to be, you know, the the binding has to be done by here. And then I back time it from there. So a lot of times it really is that uh, specific. The same way, you know, with the TV show that I'm doing too. There are certain things that I have to do on certain days. And so that gets in the calendar. So I know when I'm not having to say, Oh, what am I going to do today? No, I know exactly, you know, what's going to happen. So because it keeps me on track and like Kyle was talking about, you know, tracking that stuff and yeah, can I get into a rabbit hole and and all of a sudden I look, Oh my God, I'm, I'm behind on my calendar. Yeah, that happens. But fortunately with the electronic stuff, Heidi, um, if it doesn't happen one day, you just drag it to the next and drop it. And then it's pretty handy that way too. You know what? Kirby's gotten me hooked on Trello. So I'm integrating slowly, but I'm really addicted to the, like the way it organizes. It makes me so happy when we check things off. <laughs> so. Yeah. Good. Good deal. Trello are amazing. Cheryl, are you a digital or are you more of a analog? I'm more of a keep it in my head. Oh, I wow. The usual, wow. but um, I very rarely make lists. So you're um, better at habits then. Um, or a good memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have a good memory. And also, I tend to visualize things a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not very good with lists. 
I, f- I find that I waste too much time actually making the list rather than doing what needs to be done. When I was working in finance, I think wall charts were my friend. I just like to be able to glance up and see. And also often working in finance, it, you don't make the timetable. The timetable tells you, you know, you have strict deadlines when payments need to be made. Monthly salary payments need to go out when certain tax returns need to be done. So often it was done for you. And you always had to be aware of all the different parts you would need to pull together, whether there was any external things that might hold you up, any bottlenecks in the system. I think being fully aware of all the detail and component parts. How about contrast that to now, though? So like right now, when you're doing your writing, do you have a schedule that you that you stick to? Well, I don't really feel like uh, time is such an issue for me now. I'm quite lucky in that respect. With my writing, I, I tend to write most days. You know, I feel compelled to write. It's not like a chore for me. I manage several properties. So I often have finance tasks I need to do, maintenance things I need to see to. Um, I also have to do UK and US tax returns which I do myself. Um, So I'm always gathering the information, updating spreadsheets, um, making sure I have everything as up to date as I can. I don't leave things to the last minute. Right. So those things, do they need, you don't, but you still don't schedule them. You just kind of just in your head, there's not a list. You just know what needs to get done in yeah yeah I mean I think you you know when you when you're in a routine and you become familiar with things timetabling is not so much of an issue it's a bit when you've got an unknown quantity or a new project Mm -hmm. you need to absorb all the information and understand exactly what's required and also assess urgency and importance break these Uh, tasks down and understand you know are there any penalties involved here is it a question of I need to do this or I want to do this and really analyze it I mean sometimes when we'd have a really big project like we were introducing a new computer system throughout the organization it could well take a year to 18 months so projects on that skill need major planning I think I've been used to keeping a lot of things in my head and I've kind of got this inbuilt monthly timetable that won't go away. <laughs> I am horrible about that sort of thing. Like even just time zones, I'm, I rarely know where I am, even within the time zone. What I wanted to like point out also that, you know, what one of the things that helps me, I'm kind of like Lori, where I have everything on the calendar, but I have constant alarms and notifications telling me this, do this at a certain time, et cetera. But Cheryl, you don't even use a smartphone, right? And no, I don't have a phone. I've only just got a tablet. Yeah. So it's, I think it's very like a very different kind of setup in a different way that our brains work between you and myself. Laurie, I think you're more. I mean, I think we're all different and and you need to find a system that works for you. And I think, you know, if I try and impose my way of working onto you Mm -hmm. or vice versa, vice versa, it would cause additional stress. Right. I know I need that kind of creative headspace, Cheryl, as you're describing, where I have a space that doesn't have a lot of conflicting priorities or, you know, I'm not 
looking at the calendar, I've already set that time aside and, and maybe had some time to clear my brain before I do a, a lot of writing, particularly for a proposal. And you know, I might have to take a brain break and then sit down to the task and say, now I'm single tasking, I'm focusing on this. So I appreciate that you have that kind of built in as a habit. And I can see why that would lend itself to the amount of creative writing that you do. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I'm one of those people who do, do not have that. So I have this little cube, it's actually a clock and you can turn it from clock to time. And if you have a 10 up, 10 minutes up while you turn it on, then I've got 10 minutes before the alarm goes off or 60 minutes before the alarm goes off and the little alarm will go off. And I know that, okay, flip it because now it's time for me to move to another task. And so that way I don't get lost in one thing. I don't, you know, go over the amount of time where, where I have something else that's kind of pending. Hey, yeah. Whatever works, you got to figure out how you work and then do the I best that, that works for you. Right. Absolutely. Heidi mentioned Trello. How many of you have ever seen those kind of management tools before? Just from what you've mentioned before and, you know, Google Calendar is similar in a sense of color coding. For me, um, doctor appointments, things that are really important are in red. And then things that are my stuff, my time to do art or whatever are oh, nice. purple, of course. And then, you know, my, my son has a color, my mother has a color, you know, so there's different things uh, just so I can distinguish them from, yeah. again, from other things. So, but, but I want to, I'm curious to look into that program to see if it yeah, what we use it for, it's different from my calendar. So I am on Google Calendar, just like you are. And all, everything's color-coded. But the way we're using Trello is we ha it's to-do lists. Little to-do lists, packageable. Like if, I have, if, if I'm making an um, Instagram post, what steps do I need to do to do a good Instagram post? And there's a little checklist in there. And you can check it off. And you can, you can drag it if you, around if you want to. You can finish it as done. That's what Heidi was saying. We get to say, check, we're done. And it's all nice and green instead of red saying it's not done. And when you break it down like that and you have everything identified as what needs to be done, then that little piece of it isn't so hard to do, right? And then Absolutely. it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Absolutely. It helps us also shift gears. So for example, I'm doing this challenge for Instagram, right? And I know um, both of you are familiar with it. Sure. Uh, I think almost everybody here is familiar with it. Cheryl and Kyle, I think are participating. Laura, you're participating sometimes or? I, I, sometimes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Heidi and I are creating this. And as we're going through, we've got steps that we each have to do. And if we didn't have those steps, then the whole thing wouldn't get done every morning because it's kind of a lot of work for us. But then we have to shift gears and say, okay, what else is going on for the rest of the day? And this lets us kind of just go through a checklist quickly, get it done, move on to the next next part of the day. And it's nice to see what's coming up so that we kind of have that in the back of your head, like creatively planning, like, okay, well, this is going to come down the chute in the next week or so. And it's really nice to be able to look ahead and get prepared. Right. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, there's something with writers that were, most people are either pantsers or outliners. So they either outline and you know where, where you're going in the story, or if you are a pantser, you write by the seat of your pants, which means you just write. So Cheryl, what, which are you? Oh, definitely seat of the pants. I just make it up as I go along. Um, I don't know where it comes from. And I, I love cut and paste. I was watching a documentary about Agatha Christie the other night, and uh, she would, in her notes, she didn't obviously have word in those days. I mean, I don't think I could be a writer if word hadn't been invented, but she would write scenes 
and put a, a letter of the alphabet by the side and then she'd put them into different orders hmm. and that's very much how I approach it I sometimes come up with the characters write a scene and then I'll be cutting and pasting it and moving it around and does it flow better if I put it here or shall I put it in there? Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely one who makes it up as I go along. <laughs> well, and I'm definitely an outliner. And that comes from my corporate days of, of doing video productions as a writer, producer, director. And when I'd have a you know video by committee and I'd have six people who had to sign off on well, I found out it was much better for them to sign off on an outline first before I write the entire script and then say, oh, we forgot to put this in or, oh, well, we don't need that anymore. So I said, I'll make as many copies of an outline as you want. And sometimes we'd have 10 different versions of an outline. Then once they signed off on it, then I would write the script. Then they'd only get one rewrite after that. So that has worked well for me with this. So I have a... I, have a pretty good idea not everything sometimes I don't know the ending of a story of a mystery but I, I know the characters and I know basically what has, has to happen in each chapter to move on to the next portion within reason and within having time for my character to be able to say oh wait no I don't want to do that I go whoa 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 that's not in the outline yeah but I want to do this yeah but okay fine and so I usually have to listen to those those uh, characters and darn it, they don't know what they're doing. So, that may, but that's the fun of writing too, to have that flexibility and, and move well, around. I have a question for both you and Cheryl. When you're talking about outlines and see the pants thing, does that also apply to the rest of your life? And I'm thinking maybe it does because Laurie, we're talking about this calendars and Cheryl, you're talking about, oh, it's all in my head, you know? It kind of- You're right. Across the board. Yeah, you're right. It probably does. Yeah, very much so. I yeah. find myself that, somewhere yeah. in the middle. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 Heidi, are you an outliner or a pantser? You know, it's funny. I was just thinking that I, I like to outline, I mind map so that my Meister, you showed me another app that, you know, I like to bullet point ideas and then I'll just sit and write and let it flow and then edit and copy paste. I'm not writing. I'm, I'm talking about through your life. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, probably a little more seat of the pants. I like to try to plan because I know that it's just kind of happening to me and I'm trying to happen to it instead. <laughs> right. Kyle, I think you're an outliner, huh? Yeah, I'm an outliner, but uh, I find creativity in that outliner. I, I throw some big bullet points on my day. These are things I need to do or I'm expecting to happen. And then when the unexpected happens or the shiny thing that catches our attention and uh, needs a response now. That's like Lori's characters taking over. Right. <laughs> Here's a question, shifting gears. So when you have to shift gears from one project to another, is it a problem? I, I sometimes find that if I'm like in art mode, it's very hard for me to get back to cyber investigation mode. So is it hard to switch between the different types of art or between finance and writing? Do you guys have that same kind of problem shifting gears? No, I don't at all. I mean, I love spreadsheets. You know, I, I love it when everything adds up and it all reconciles. And, um, you know, bank reconciliation was where I started out. Checking so you can go all from it. writing to like reconciling your uh, tax information, no problem. I don't know if it's familiarity or no, it doesn't bother me at all. And when I worked in finance, when we used to introduce new systems, I would quite often write all the user manuals. So I'd, you know, be writing, you press this key 
and then do a, a photo of the screen and then press this and then this is your drop down options and it was incredibly tedious um, and sometimes as well we'd be writing introductions to new systems and how they would work so even when I was in finance I was doing a bit of writing then and also I find when I'm writing some of my uh, characters work in finance or there's references to financial mm -hmm. transactions so it's like you know you pull strands of your life from everywhere and it goes into the writing. Laurie do you have problems shifting gears when you maybe you have a gallery date due for some of your fiber art and you know that you are you either need to also write or do something else and you need to switch gears like on the same day sometimes as long as it's scheduled and i know that that's coming up then i can do that pretty pretty easily i even go so far as i have at least six email addresses because i have different websites and so my poor friends who are like just responding to whatever email pops up each one of them has its own folder so all my art stuff, all my writing stuff goes in. And I look at one and go, well, well, that's in the wrong folder. They're, they're talking to me about art and I'm in the writing folder. And so I had to calm down. It's all right. Laurie, <laughs> 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 that things. same issue. <laughs> Sometimes I have some, like some, an artist will, I don't know how, why, but somehow they'll email me at my cyber investigation email and I'll be like, this shouldn't be here. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And that's disconcerting kind of. You know, but like I say, they don't know. They just, it's just whatever the last yeah, the email that pops up properly, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I generally switch pretty well, but uh, that's just one of those kind of curious things that come up in, in the whole email world. Yeah, I think if you are multitasking, it's um, important as well to um, have a, a very good filing system, whether it's paper-based or electronic-based. Mm -hmm. If you've got a lot of information flooding in all the time, you need to file it so you know where you can put your hands on it immediately. Because if you switch in from one project to another, you need to be able to put your hands on it, access that information. You don't want to be wasting time going, oh, I'm sure I put it over here. How about messy desk, clean desk? Oh, Ooh. messy desk, messy oh, desk. Oh, really? Definitely. Now, Cheryl, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that of you. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. I thought you were a clean desk. desk. I have a messy, messy desk, desk too. Yeah. Kyle? I have a clean desk, but uh, no, it's, it's usually messy. Uh -huh. And Heidi? Always messy. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. God. Instantly covered. <laughs> but I do agree with Cheryl about the filing system. And in fact, I have to tell you, there is something that really bugs me uh, about the filing systems. Um, so on my computer, I have a great filing system. I have great, you know, every, as far as the email, everything goes in different boxes for the email. Most of the time they go in the right box, um, but on the phone, on the phone, when I take pictures and I'm going to send pictures to different Instagram accounts or for whatever reason, I try to remember to file my pictures, but it's still, that is the biggest pain that's the worst, the worst filing for photos. I mean, yes, you can put them in little albums, but it's still so clunky still. Mm -hmm. And they can get corrupted if you move them around too much. I've learned the hard way. Um, no. Sometimes the more that you sort and file, it, it fragments it or something because I've had them turn gray on me. Uh-huh. Oh, on an yeah. older phone, thankfully not this one. Um, it's been good to me thus far, but I usually keep thousands of photos. So I empathize with that hard because it is really tricky to keep them organized. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Tell us what's coming up for you and where we can find your work. And we'll put all of that into the show notes. Let's start with Cheryl. Where, where can we find your work? And do you have anything coming up that we need to be paying attention to? 
Well, my books are both for sale on Amazon and Kindle. Um, they're also available for loan from uh, Desert Foothills Library in Cave Creek. Um, haven't got any shows, readings, uh, presentations coming up anytime soon. Okay. But the next when the next book's due out, I'll let you know. One of the things our listeners can do to, to help out as well is to maybe even request that their local libraries have your book. I know that that'd that would be great. That would be great. And, right. and authors always love reviews. So if you do read them, you know, rate them on, on Amazon. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And Laurie, do you have anything coming up? Well, I have, uh, so I have two books, uh, two uh, novels that also have their own audio books as well that I narrated. And then I also took actors into a studio to record uh, portions of them as well. So the first is Fade Out. And the second one is Dead Air. And these are, it's based on a young radio reporter who covers the crime beat. And these are technical radio terminology, just with a little more sinister mode to them. And uh, so I have my website, readlaurifagan.com. And then my books are also on Amazon, as are the audio books too. And then I have a couple of novellas there on Amazon as well. And then my, for my art, I have fagandesigns.com. And uh, there I have my fiber art and jewelry and some sculpture pieces that I've been getting into recently. I do have, um, let's see, two pieces up at the Twist Bistro and Gallery in Carefree area. And uh, that show will be coming down uh, in the next month or so. And I've uh, submitted uh, some other work for there. And uh, hopefully I will be in the um, Sonoran Arts League show on the color of water and sky the blue show uh that's coming up there as well and then my az create show we don't have a website but we're on youtube we'll be back with another season of eight episodes to a month with creatives and authors so az creates on youtube awesome okay and we'll have all of your link in the show notes that's all we have for today so thank you so much for being our guests and thanks heidi and kyle for coming in and helping talk about this multitasking and, and trying to you know shift gears and being as efficient as possible all right thank you Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. I think we better learn sometime. Now we're walking through the courtyard and leaves roll over our shoestrings. So we speak of family and love. The only truth is.